Hello and welcome back to the Technically F1 podcast. I am Rashad. And I'm Jack. This week we've got an action-packed episode for you. So kick back, maybe grab some light reading material, and enjoy. Let's actually start now. Hello everybody, welcome back. It's been a really long time, but we're back with some organization, actual topics to talk about, and some thought put into it for once. Are we really going to do trophy talk again? Well, we can just do it at some point. I just, I put it in there because, you know, it's a possibility. But we we have um, an actual layout, people. I know you're proud of us, aren't you? They must be proud of us. Yeah, they're probably still listening. Yeah, exactly. But the ones who are still listening are the real ones. And next episode, next week, we'll tell you how many real ones still exist. I mean, they're probably fake people. That's true. We could be getting robots. But if we're getting real people, I'll find them. In Um, a positive way, not a negative way. Okay, that's a bit much. But yes, yes, I understand where you're coming from here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We will seek out the real people. Anyways, F1? F1 or Hoonigan? Uh, we should probably start with Hoonigan. Okay, all right. So then, yeah, I guess it's our unfortunate uh, opportunity, and or not opportunity, duty opportunity. to say. Very much an inappropriate word. Very inappropriate in this case. Duty to announce the unfortunate and very early passing of Ken Block, chief lead Hoonigan of, you know, Hoonigan. And lead uh, of the world. Yeah, exactly. He created Gincana. Uh, he brought all-wheel drive cars into drifting. He started many a career. He, I mean, ran Hoonigan with Brian Scotto for the longest time. Uh, and it's definitely not going to be the same organization without him. I'll say that much. And on a very, very much related note. Oh, yeah. Race car drivers, stay away from the snow. Stay away from the snow, Yeah. He uh, passed in a snowmobiling accident, so just just avoid snow, really. Very that's similar, the answer. You know. Yeah. Michael. Michael Schumacher, him. Lewis Hamilton's been getting into snowboarding, so hopefully nothing bad happens there. Yeah, no, and Charles was on a mountain. I heard, yeah. Yeah, racing drivers really have to stay away from the snow. Yes, it's not your friend. You should know that from the road. Yeah, exactly. It is not what you need as a racing driver. Unless Anyways, then. Unless you're Kimmy. In that case, enjoy the snow all you want. It's Although, nothing. then again, it did prove to be dangerous to him in that Grand Tour special. I mean. Maybe there were some other factors at play as well. Kimmy being Kimmy at all. With. Yes, that was a very Kimmy moment. Anyways, so let's talk about some more actual F1 talk. And I think it's time that we do our rankings for every single F1 driver of this season. Okay, so obviously number one. Max Verstappen. Yes, number two. Yeah. Number one, Max Verstappen. Number two, I would say Charles Leclerc. Yeah, I was thinking that as well. But I think the issue with putting him number two is he kind of fell off. Yeah, but the thing is, Lewis Hamilton fell for, further, so... Oh, I agree with you there. Lewis Hamilton had the biggest fall-off of any driver in a season ever. But... Yeah, but you see, Charles was so competitive until... Until the last five races. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess, yeah, Charles second. 
This is a rogue one, but I think George Russell third. I think he's no, honestly my not even close. Who's your third? You you're gonna say Perez, of course you're gonna I say am. Perez. I am very much gonna say Perez. Mercedes well, is not a top three team anymore, but they are. They're I mean, pretty- you mean a deserving top three team or an actual top three team? Well, I mean, realistically, can you really consider them a top three team? I consider them still a top three team. Can you consider Lewis Hamilton a top six driver? No, I don't consider him a top six driver anymore. And if he's there, then the second driver should be a little bit higher than him, but not that much higher. Right, but Merck is a top three team. It's just that Lewis is squandering the opportunity. Okay, but... But... The thing is, if you look at it, Perez is a better driver than Russell. Perez... You know what? Honestly, I don't know. I don't know whether Perez is or not, because I feel like, on the one hand, he could be a driver that's just been boxed in by the capabilities of the car this whole time. You know, the cars that he was in? Mm -hmm. The Force India and stuff? Well, the Force India is a good car. You have to remember that. It was a fourth-place car. Yeah. But... Do you really think that he's better than George Russell? I think George Russell is going to hit way higher peaks. I think George Russell is going to hit way higher peaks in his career. Well, maybe so, but oh come on! I think George is a future champion. I don't know where I you place him. That's possible anymore. You think Mercedes is too far gone? No, I think George Russell is. He's not going to get the like. He's not going to get the Red Bull seat. And oh, I don't think he's getting the Red Bull seat. I think no he gets the Red Bull seat. Yes, and the thing is with that, how old is Max Verstappen right now? Max Verstappen, I can tell you actually. Uh, I believe he's in his still in his early twenties. Um, but yeah, he is twenty five years old, as I thought. Say mid twenties, mid twenties. And okay, George, you ask George Russell is. He's younger than Max. Um, not by much, though. He's 24 years old. He's so 24 really, years old, yeah. So Max is already a world champion twice. So Okay, but George Russell got to F1 way later than Max. Max got into F1 at the age of 17. Yes, where... amazing. He's natural talent, which is why he's going to have a long career. And most likely, his career will be longer than George Russell. No, I don't think that he'll stay in the sport longer than George Russell. I think Max is going to retire after his current Red Bull contract. Nah. No, sure. because because the thing is, right, he's got a contract till 28, I believe, 2028. And with that, you know, he said that he's already achieved his career goal and everything else is a bonus. So to me, that says that he's not really interested in much more. Yeah, but he's got too far. He's gone too far to go like any other route at this point. Maybe. Do you think there's some possibility, some world where Max is the greatest in the sport? I think that's a very real possibility if he stays in the sport long enough. If he extends past 2028 his contract, I think yeah, it could happen. That'd be crazy if we all got to the point where we just realized. He was a goat, yeah. Yeah, because Lewis Hamilton, he's 38 right now. 
Right? Yep, he's 38. So he's like the same age as Sebastian Vettel. Uh, he's a little bit older than Vettel. Vettel's 35. Okay, yeah. But like Vettel's gone. So realistically, yeah. Lewis will be gone after like he currently. Like, the thing is, Vettel was shockingly young when he retired. I think it was just he seemed older because he'd had so many bad cars, but I think Vettel is all is younger than everybody thinks he is. But yes, he is. But Kimmy was older than everybody thought like people should retire at. Yeah, that's true. Everybody thought that Kimmy was past it, you know, a couple years into the and, contract. After a season of not winning, you might as well cut your losses. If when you're, you're sitting in Ferrari. Well, I mean, even if you're sitting at Mercedes, Ferrari might actually be a good team next year. I'm predicting they're going to do better. Than Red Bull? No, not than Red Bull. But like Mercedes are just generally. More competitive. Oh, I totally agree with you. I think Ferrari, because they have the aerodynamic testing advantage over Red Bull for the, what's going to be the second year, I think there's going to be a point where Red Bull mathematically can't get a car that's much better with their development time. And I think Ferrari is going to just overtake them at that point. Yes. And I believe that, I mean, I believe that Mattia Bonotto, he, he was holding the team back as a team principal, but the team is going to miss him as like a technological director. Yeah. He was very, he was very competitive. I think the only risk with axing Mattia is getting Ferrari design people scared in such a way that they won't take riskier design decisions like you would at Mercedes or Red Bull. Uh, because, you know, they're worried that they'd get axed. Yes, there's very, very much a chance of that happening. And I think that, like, I still think it was the right decision to get him out of there, but I don't know where this is going to take us. Free accord. Well, technically. But I don't think he just thought to himself, ooh, I think I'm going to leave Ferrari today. I don't think anybody thinks like that. Well, no, Kimmy. Oh, yeah, Kimmy did. He was like, well, I guess I'll be leaving Ferrari today. And then he's back. I think Mattia was pushed. I got to be honest. I mean, obviously, he was pushed. There was very, very little... Yeah. Like, well, there's very little performance, actually. Yeah. The thing about Bonotto is he's very insecure about his position. I mean, he asked Ferrari management in August to tell the world that he was safe in his position because he couldn't even tell the world himself that he'd be safe in his position and make it look legitimate. Mm-hmm. So he had to get Ferrari upper management to say that he'd be okay for the long haul. Which he wasn't. Yeah, exactly. It turned out to be a lie. I mean, it's still a shame that he's not with us anymore. You make it sound like he's dead. He's just left the tech- or the whole team. I was about to say the technical team. A little bit more than that. Honestly, I think this should have just demoted him. It I would feel like an internal demotion probably would have been the best move. Yeah, it would suck for him at the very beginning, but he'd still be like the technical director. Let him keep his salary. He can like, he can do. Yeah, exactly. That'll keep him on side. He gets paid more than Christian Horner. Yeah, but I mean, it's not as if 
Christian Horner is all mad because Adrian Newey is the highest paid member of the team, bar Max Verstappen. Well, yeah, that's because he contributes the most. Exactly. I Probably mean, more than Max, actually. Yeah, I think it could definitely be argued that Adrian Newey has a bigger effect on the outcome of the championship than anybody else of that team. Without the car, he don't exactly. have anything. If Adrian Newey was out here designing Williams's for Max Verstappen, it would not be the same level yeah. of dominance. I mean, maybe. Maybe. The budget was like raised a little bit. Maybe if Doralton Capital actually manages Williams correctly, then that would be okay. Maybe they need to sell it. I don't know. I think they need to sell it to Porsche, but nobody else. I don't think them selling the team to somebody else Cadillac. and having a visit. If Cadillac comes in under the Williams name, I'd be mad. Yeah, same. I don't want Cadillac in there anyways. Well, who's the better team? I'd have Andretti in there. No, because I don't like Andretti. You don't think Andretti's worthwhile in the sport? Uh, you should leave him in IndyCar. Oh, come on. Michael Andretti, son of Mario Andretti, F1 world champion, you wouldn't have him in the sport? I would not have him. I would be so interested That's to see... Redneck. It is a little rednecky, but I'd be so interested to see what a team run by Michael would do. But you know what? I think I'd be interested in seeing what a Michael Massey-led team would do. Oh, God. I think they just contract um, Max Verstappen, and they bring in uh, what's-his-face for some outside assistance, Nicholas Latifi. But would they? Who knows? Maybe they'd bring in Lewis Hamilton to do the crashing. <laughs> that would no, be. But speaking of speaking about Hamilton, do you remember this year's British Grand Prix and how there wasn't a crash when people went too wide through that corner? Kind of. Do you remember how nobody crashed at the same place that Max and Lewis did last year? That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, don't you think then that there's definitely a lot more, now that we've seen more battles in that area, that there's now like a lot more blame resting on Lewis's shoulders? In my opinion, there is. I mean, there's a very real chance that there should be. I feel like because of, I'm not going to say the British bias of F1, but let's just say Sky Sports isn't exactly pro Max Verstappen. Or not mm-hmm. screaming from That's the hilltops that he's yeah. the goat. Yeah, I understand where you're coming from. Yeah, because even when BBC ran F1, they ran features every couple of weeks about people saying how great Lewis Hamilton would be in the sport. I mean, they're not doing that for other people who have won more championships than Lewis Hamilton had. Yeah, you know, in that time period, in early career. Yeah, you're not wrong. But then again, Lewis did win in his second season. Mm-hmm. You're very much right. Okay, but but but, but. yeah, no, I just still don't want the entreaties. Yeah, it's already so, related to this, but still. <laughs> You know, no, I get what you're saying. So, Go ahead. who would you have in? Okay, honestly, right now, so we have Italy, we yep. have Germany, 
coming yep. up soon with Audi and maybe Porsche at some point. And Mercedes. And then, yeah, well, Mercedes kind of. Not really More British. Anymore. Okay. And then now the English team, or the formerly English team. Well, I mean, I guess they're all kind of English, but there's none of them that are really English. I know. Except for Aston Martin, but that's really just German. Yeah. But Here the shop. Okay, go, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just, I think I'm going to take your idea, so I want you to say it. No, you go first. No, are you thinking India? Now that you say that, we could have a Jaguar F1. Remember yes, that's just what I was thinking. Tata yes. F1. Yes. Jaguar with a Land Rover sponsorship. Yeah, I don't know who they sponsor, but I feel like Jag does sponsor something. Not Jag, but Tata. Oh, you're right. No, they sponsored Ferrari at one point. Yeah, I think, yeah, they also have um, multiple motor companies, like the whole group. Yeah, Tata Group owns a ton of stuff. Land Rover. Land Rover, Jag, Range Rover, everything. Well, Range Rover is Land Rover, really. Land Rover, Range Rover, Jag. Put a Defender engine in. And then get the arrow of a Jaguar F-Type. Why has nobody thought to do that? Well, I mean... I think after they lost that diamond. It's been yeah, I guess them. ever since then, they just felt like running away from the sport. Probably safer. Very unfortunate. Very unfortunate. Yes, very you know, so. speaking of people who have covered that Jaguar diamond story, did you hear that WTF1 is now officially changed to their hosts? I, I, I never really listened to WTF1, I'm not going to lie. I despise their YouTube channel. Uh, I'm a Rocket Hard Mohawk fan, obviously. Oh, yeah, he's very good. He's goaded. But I feel like it's kind of huge that they're shaking all that up. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Although I got to be honest, Rocket Hard Mohawk is definitely an acquired taste. He's very fun. He is very fun. Uh, did you see he released the full unedited Christmas video on YouTube? I have not. With some nice touches from things that are not podcast friendly. Such as what? Well, uh, aircraft flying into buildings. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that might not be podcast friendly. Exactly. Hmm. Yeah, that is definitely a more questionable moment, but you know. Anyways, it's very difficult to say, oh no, anyways, after that. Oh no. Anyway. Speaking of the oh no, anyways man himself, uh, Jeremy (laughs) Clarkson's been fired. Oh no, really? Well, technically, they're in the process of firing him at the old Amazon Prime. That's what the rumors say, but I mean, they've just surveyed Grand Tour fans, and guess the survey says, guess what percent want him to stay? All of them. Well, it's not all of them. It's ninety-five percent surveyed want him to stay. The thing is, no one started watching the Grand Tour because it's the Grand Tour. Everybody started watching because it was just Top Gear. Exactly. Amazon. It's Top Gear two point oh. Yes. You're right. Nobody came to the Grand Tour with the intention of watching something like other than Top Car Show. 
Exactly. He'd still be watching Top Gear then. Right. If the Grand Tour was just some random car show without James, Richard, and Jeremy, nobody would watch it. Yes, I tried watching Top Gear, like the new Top Gear. New Top Gear is unpalatable. They're very Uh, politically correct. They are. Um, I mean, I feel like some of the things said in old Top Gear are definitely not sayable now. Oh, most of it. No, no, a good chunk of it's somewhat okay. Well, but necessarily. It depends on, what I guess, what we consider somewhat okay to be. Well, most people would not consider it somewhat okay. I feel like, at, in this point in time. At this mark in history. Actually, wait a minute. Now that we're talking about, like, well, not now, but, like, earlier we were talking about Jaguar F1. Yeah. What if? Okay, so we have technically, technically, we had Force India, Sahara, which was a very good team. It was a bit underfunded, but it was quite good for what they had. Absolutely. The best thing they could do. Yes. What if we bring them back? With a Jaguar sponsorship? Bring (laughs) Vijay Malia back. You know, he's been let off on all of his charges. He gave his company back. Yeah, they gave him everything back. Sahara, it's all good. Well, I mean, yeah, but like they don't. Well, not Sahara. Um, whatever it's called. Uh, Kingfisher. The other brand, Kingfisher. That's it. I think it's a beer brand. I'm pretty sure it is. Yep. And airline. Wait, I thought the airline was an insolvency. Yeah, probably, but it was an airline. It was Kingfisher as well. Yeah. It actually always looked like a cool airline. Yeah. The funny thing about Kingfisher is uh, that airline was – or not that airline. There was a competition between Richard Branson and uh, Vijay Malia about whose airline – or whose team would do the best. And whichever team did better, the other would have to be a flight attendant on their airline. Oh, yeah. I've seen that one. Yeah. And Richard Branson lost. Yeah. So... That was a spectacular L for old Richie. Very much so. Yeah. But still funny nonetheless. So, yeah. So we're bringing Jaguar Force India to F1. That's our new team. Yes, very much so. That's the new team. Uh, And then, yeah. Speaking of things changing in F1, new teams and all sorts of other stuff. Chinese Grand Prix is done. Chinese Grand Prix, gone officially. Mm-hmm. officially Very axed well. off the calendar I mean it was John's least favorite race yes but no one likes him so let us move on no you know why though because the track is rough on F1 it is awful they haven't modeled it very well yes, I assume it's see, better on the actual track but I'm going to have to argue that it's a good race in history, it has been a good race. Yes. And, and not only that, but look at that track layout. That is quite amazing. My it's personal a favorite is corner three, or one, two, and three, I guess. Yeah, the corkscrewy thing that goes back on itself. Yeah, and I also do like 11, 12, and 13. But seven's also quite great. Right, it is a Herman Tilka special. That's what I'd call it. And then 14's a whole acute angle. 
Yeah, that 14 is a special turn. Yeah, that's amazing. I would never be able to do that in, like, F1, but... Yeah, it's it's a great race. I think you underestimate yourself in F1, but still. John's opinion is wrong. About this race? No, about everything, but still. We'll, we'll talk about this race right now. For the race side of it, though... It has been off the calendar for quite a while, so I kind of see why they've axed it. And that, and obviously the Chinese uh, social tensions in the in China right now. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I feel like it's a valid reason for them to be worried about hosting it. I feel like tension has never been an issue for. Well, where was the last time? They, where was the last race they had severe tension? Oh, actually, Saudi Arabia. Generally, like. Yeah, those kind of places, the Middle East. But in Saudi Arabia, West Asia. Sochi. West Asia, Rashad. My bad. Oh, no. Anyways, yeah, I feel like Russia was probably the most controversial. Especially when Lewis sprayed Putin with champagne. champagne. Yeah. But I feel like the most dangerous to the health of the drivers was the actual Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. No, yeah, because didn't Lewis Hamilton wear a pride shirt? Yeah, he wore a pride shirt, and Saudi Arabia was getting bombed. Oh, yes, that was quite an issue. Yeah. It definitely not make, does not make for a safe race. Yeah, well, especially because it was the largest sponsors. That were getting bombed. Yeah. The largest yeah. in the world's. Saudi Aramco. Yes. Quite like it them. is pretty crazy how they're that big now. Yes, it's quite amazing. It's great growth for them and alarming for the rest of the world to see them just pop out of basically nowhere. Yes, it's quite it's quite interesting. I, have to say I don't that. know. What do you think about them? Other than mm-hmm. it, them being quite interesting? Any thoughts on Saudi Aramco? So, so. Yes, obviously. We must have oil. Yep. F1. Yep. Which is quite good. But the the fact is they only supply oil for um, uh, Aston Martin. Yes, yes. But they also provide money to Aston That is true. They provide lots of money. Yes, quite a bit. And speaking of Saudis, they tried to buy F1 for $20 billion off of Liberty Media. Yes, yes. And you know the funny thing about it? What? Mohammed bin Salim said, don't do it. That's overvaluing F1. <laughs> yes. I know. No, I don't think it's overvaluing it. Because if you like, actual assets would make you that much money in a couple of they years' time. They don't really own anything, do they? No, but the actual TV rights and the TV money. And then all the licensing to Sky Sports, BBC, BBC India... And all other BBC subsidiaries where F1 is shown. Well, yeah, but they're probably just selling the contracts, all the contracts in addition to... Yeah, but the contracts are tens of millions of dollars, and in some cases, hundreds of millions of dollars. The Sky Sports contract is... Okay, but the Sky Sports contract is a money pit for Sky Sports, but they still pay it every year. Well, yes, but I wish they wouldn't. Why? Do you not like the whole Sky Sports broadcasting? Well, no, I really don't. I actually quite like Sky Sports. Who would you rather do the broadcast for it? Amazon. 
oh, if Amazon did it, I would have no reason to leave the Amazon platform. Grand that is Tour, the most legendary combination though, because then you'd have Jeremy Clarkson, Richard Hammond, and James May, and then right. F One on the same platform. But Jeremy Clarkson, if he was commentating on F One, would just say, "Get all these safety barriers away! Come on, race like real men." He's yes. actually said that before. Yes, but you could just keep them separately. Yeah, but that would probably be a better idea. We should have James May on as a correspondent, or F one should have James May on as a correspondent during the races. Okay, um, he'd be the Ted Kravitz, but for technical stuff. The annoying thing is the Sky Sports announcers. I mean, they're, they're all not... F one drivers who could not, like, could not be good. Speaking of F one drivers who couldn't be good, one of those actual drivers is leaving Sky. Is it Karen Chandok? Nope, even better. Okay. He was actually a better driver than Karen. It was Johnny Herbert. It is Johnny Herbert. Okay. He's done with Sky. Yes, quite. But you know the reason why he wasn't a great F1 driver, right? No, no, I really don't. Oh, he burned his legs nearly off in a Formula 2 crash. That is quite unfortunate. Yeah, and it basically ended his F1 career. Signal Formula 2, yeah. Oh, yeah. Our new driver editions, we haven't talked about that, have we? No, we haven't talked about the new driver editions. Let's talk about those. We haven't talked about any of the market there. No, the driver market's gone a bit funny. Yes, it's quite a bit funny. I think it would be uh, remiss of us not to talk about the driver market. Would you like to begin? You you may go first, actually. Well, the first of all thing on the driver market is that Ricardo gone. He's going to Red Bull as a reserve, and he's going to replace Perez. Yeah. Oh no, no, not not that last part there. Well, I don't know about you, Rashab, but I think he's definitely replacing him. Have you seen the? Well, I mean, that's it's quite not true. Quite a bit not. Okay, you know what I mean here. Quite, it's it's quite. No, it's not a possibility. Not even. It is a possibility. He's already Daniel Ricardo's performance. Daniel Ricciardo has never, never, like, so he was in a midfield car, right? Yep. The McLaren was, it, it's an okay car. But it didn't suit his driving style. Driving style. Plays a huge role in yes, your like, abilities. Yes, but you should be able to do well. But he doesn't have a, he doesn't have a very good driving style. He basically has the driving style where he needs tons of rear-end grip and not as much... Or, excuse me, tons of front-end grip and a loose rear-end, so basically it can just swivel around corners, like the Red Bull. So he's designed to drive the Red Bull. But, at the same time, he's not. Oh, no, he can totally drive. He'd be more than competent enough. No, but at the same time, he wouldn't be competent. How would he not be competent? Because, you see, he is not a very good driver. <laughs> He's not a good driver, <laughs> that's very simply it. Yeah. I mean, we'll yeah. build up okay. we'll say something else. But no. I thought you were going to have some spectacular setup where you are going to be like, well, it turns out that he's actually a Russian spy or something like that. Nope, he's not a very good driver. Okay. He's not. Let's be fair. Okay, everybody likes him because he's a nice person. But exactly, he's a funny he's person. Not. That's why everybody likes him. 
He's not a very good driver. He's not a, necessarily a bad driver, though. He's, but he's not good. I think he's better than a lot of people. Give him credit for. Well, I mean, no, that's because the only people who aren't giving him proper credit are McLaren fans. You say, oh, Lando. And Miller. Renault fans. And yeah. Renault fans. Even well, no, though he performed in the Renault. No, well, Renault fans don't mind him, do they? They're just kind of NPCs. That's true. Renault, I can't imagine being a Renault fan. Have you ever seen someone say, oh, yes, I'm a Renault fan? Well, yeah, people who work at Renault. Well, no, not even them. Actually, no, they're Peugeot fans. My bad. They just work for the French government. Yeah, they do. They're basically subsidized, which basically means communist in the words of the American of the Grand Tour. Anything French is basically communist. Well, anything you know, other than a V8, actually. Yeah, anything other than a V8. That is how... That is the American. Anyways. British so, Motor Works. British Motor Works. <laughs> I'd rather have my V8. Anyways. Oh. Yes. So, Why? Oscar Piastri, arguably the more important person to talk about. Yes, quite. Thoughts on his inclusion? He's a very special guy. Do do you really think he's everything that he's cracked up to be? I don't want him there. Not gonna lie, I think Kimmy should come back. Yes, but if he underperforms, it would be heartbreaking. Yes, but he already spent years underperforming, so I think he's fine. That's true. Nick DeVries at Alpha Tower is a rogue shout. I think that's just a really weird one. I mean, come on now. You think that it makes sense for him to be there? Well, you see here. Okay, so I think Pierre Gasly was the weirdest exchange. <sighs> no, but it makes sense because... They wanted an all-French team. Yes, it makes sense to me. But... It doesn't for those who don't know, Gasly's at... It makes sense you know. for, like... I don't know. It makes sense for someone else to go there who's French. What other French drivers are on the grid? Ocon's there, so who else is left? Okay. No, there so are no other French here, drivers. No, no, no. If you look here... Let's look at F2 drivers right now. Yes. Okay, I'm going to have to go look at F2 drivers because I don't know if any of them are French. One minute. I one actually minute. think there might be a French one, but I don't know because I didn't keep up with F2 this year because I was just so focused on F1. I Oh, it doesn't put flags. Oh, that is useless. Come on, F2. No fix reason. your... You have to, you have to click on those profiles. The oh. <laughs> Yeah, no, he's not French. No, yeah, I, I figured that out. I'm not going to lie. It's not even the name. It's just that he isn't French. Uh, Porsche. Oh, Teo, right. I forgot about him. Okay, so realistically, he could be an option. He's actually quite good. In what universe? I mean, he's youngest pole sitter, youngest race winner. He's pretty good. 
but he's no Michael Schumacher. I mean, he's a Formula Two champion. Or wait, he was second in the Formula Two. Second in Formula Two. Yes. Not not the Formula Two champion. Yes. Well, I mean, okay. If you look at it, okay. So who are the two new drivers we have here? What do you mean? Who are the two new drivers? Well, we we have two new drivers in F one, right? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. It's like uh, Logan, whatever. Wait, no, 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 three, three new drivers: Sergeant, uh, Piastri, and um, the other one, Nick DeVries. He's new to F one. No way they all up first place in the championship. Yeah. No, Sergeant didn't. Exactly. So second place is better than whatever he got. No, Sergeant did horribly, but what doesn't matter is he's actually pretty good. And the whole reason that he's not the thing about the thing about him, right, is he shouldn't be in that seat. And this is gonna sound harsh, but I know why he's there, right? Because he has money. No, it's not even that. It's because um the company who owns Williams want an American driver in that seat. Yeah. And it makes sense as he's the only good American driver that isn't it. Colton Herta. Because Colton Herta will never be eligible for F1 ever again. Because he lost all of his yeah. super license points. Mm, or most I of them. Where you're coming from. No, because he had such a disastrous season in um what was it, F2? Not F2. Uh, no, no, not, excuse me, excuse me, not uh, F2. IndyCar. In IndyCar this year. Yeah, that, did he crash? No, I don't, maybe, I don't remember. It's a bit like, IndyCar is a bit weird. Did you know. actually see the qualifying, or did you just watch the, the race? The race. Dang. I also watched the Indy Lights race. Oh, Indy Lights are pretty cool. Like the Indy lights actually make more sense than the Indy cars. I know the drivers. He's just like he's just okay. So his grandfather or someone was like the leader of the Corvette Club wherever he lived, some middle of nowhere Uh place. Um, Uh, Reagan, yeah, Reagan, Minnesota. That's pretty random. I don't know. It's like some weird place, but. But Manitoba he got into racing, and well, he's quite good actually. Yeah, crazy. What are the odds, right? No, yeah. Anyways, so he's good at racing, and he's an Indy Light, so he's working up to Indy Car. Well, yes, yes, he is. So, oh, actually, you know, you know, the best driver edition. Well, who is it? Who is the best driver edition? Callum Eilat. But he's not an F1 yet, is he? Well, no, he's not. But he should be. If Colton Herta has a chance, he should be. Yeah, because I think Eilat's better than Herta, but... Yeah, he is. But, I mean, definitely is. F2. But he's not exactly putting up the numbers in IndyCar, is he? Four hours. Of Le Mans. Yes. Pretty cool. Uh, yeah, so he he's a quite an accomplished driver. I mean, you make it sound like he's Michael Schumacher there. I mean, in his categories, he's accomplished. 
He's very accomplished. Yes, and he's an IndyCar. He's not very good at IndyCar, per se, but he's not in a great car either, so... I mean, you have to take that into account. Yeah, that's true. He was in some green car that I didn't recognize. Yes, the uh, JR Racing. Or oh, JR Racing. Yeah, one of the IndyCar teams, because they can't just have normal names. Junkos, Junkos, I don't know. Yeah, typical IndyCar teams calling their own vehicles junk. Yeah, it has a Chevy engine. Yeah, no real insult for that one, but... Yeah, I can see the poster on my wall right now, so yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, alright, that's, I guess, all to say about possible... Callum, yeah, possible F1 prospects. I think there's only one other F1 thing we have to say before getting into some other stuff. Go ahead. So what I'd say is, do you think F1 is run by Saudi Arabia? It's conspiracy theory time. Well, you see, you have to think here. Do you want to say that it is? I don't want to say that it is. I want to do investigative journalism and then find that it is. But do you really? Yes, I think that would be interesting, don't you? Well, I don't like investigative journalism. I don't like journalists. I know you don't like journalists. That's all right, Rashab. You can keep your own business. Sometimes they do, yes. They're just a bit troublesome. Like Jeremy Clarkson. Is he really a journalist? Yeah, I guess he's a journalist. He's a car journalist. He claims that he's a car journalist. He isn't really, though. Oh, I mean, he is. He writes okay. stories. He writes his column. Newspaper. He writes his column about cars in the newspaper, but he doesn't really... Well, he has his own newspaper. No, it's not his newspaper. Wait, he shares it. He shares it with a bunch of people. I don't know well, why this... Some... Like, overall, though, why did they publish that story? Jeremy, kind no. of on them. Like, did they not have it an totally on their judgment to that they were like, you know what, this is a great story. We're just gonna publish Jeremy Clarkson saying this vile stuff. Please, but like, did no one else read it before it got published? Did they just like send Clearly it? not. Not even the editor. He was like, okay, this is good. We'll just toss yeah, it in. That's it. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. Editor in chief's just completely asleep at the switch. I mean, what person in their right mind would go and think to themselves, yeah, actually, this is okay to put out? Especially someone who knows Jeremy Clarkson. Exactly. And know the, knows the, the sort of backlash that he's going to get, especially when he does a half-hearted apology. I mean, yeah, that was a bad apology, I'm not going to lie. It could have been better, but it wasn't awful. It was quite awful, actually. No, he did say he apologized at a molecular level, which does mean he apologizes very deeply. Well, yes. I at least no. I assume that's what it means. I can't really imagine any other interpretation where I apologize at a molecular level. In a very small way, he apologizes in a very small way. That could like, be it. Or it could be something more positive. It could be, but... He also did say what he said. That is true, but it is a scene from Game of Thrones. So really, really, he didn't dream up that horrible thing. Game of Thrones did. Yes, but no. Well, it was Game of Thrones. It was a Game of Thrones reference. 
Well, yes. But at the same but... time, he did say it out of context. Knowing full well, he'd take all the blame for it. Maybe he just said it in a blind rage. I don't know. Well, yes. <laughs> Every sentence just starts with, well, yes, but actually. <laughs> no, yeah, I was just about to end that. Then I didn't. Well, but, yes. yes. Well, actually. But um, when you consider it this way. When you consider it this way, yes. What, what, what were we talking about? Jeremy Clarkson? Yes, but like, what was the specific prompt to this line of questioning? Jeremiah, I drink gasoline, I die. That was Bottom Gear. You know Bottom Gear? Yes. Yep, classic. <laughs> Jeremiah, I crashed the Lambo Chevy. <laughs> oh. Anyways, cars time? Yes, it, it is. Well, yeah, actually, it, it is. The time that we actually make a schedule for what we want to do, and then we talk for F1 for the longest we've ever talked about it for. Well, yes. But actually. <laughs> well, yeah. uh, okay, so car stuff. Um, the first thing to talk about is F1 tech in road cars. Well, yes. That is quite a good idea. So, I do like F1 taking road cars. But isn't it kind of failing? Well, it's never gone wrong. Not once. Well, it hasn't had a chance to go wrong yet. Well, actually, Ferrari's F1 gearbox. Oh, right. But, I mean, that didn't explode cars, but it wasn't comfortable. Well, yes. But wasn't that always the issue with Ferrari? not comfortable it's not the well, yeah, issue but, that started lamborghini yeah but this was really bad like nobody ever goes to themselves right i'm gonna make the ultimate ferrari i'm gonna take the body of the 599 the engine from the 812 the gearbox from the f50 nobody's ever said i'm gonna have a gearbox out of an f50 well yes but no one no one wants the 599 either oh everybody loves the 599 except for you is like Almost as bad as the California. I hate the California, I hate the Portofino, and I hate the 599. I hate the California. I hate... Hate is a strong word for the Portofino. I think it, it sits in the same place in my book as the Roma does. I like the Roma, actually. I know you like the Roma, but do you know what that translates to in Italian? That translates to gypsy in Italian. The Ferrari Gypsy. Well, yes, but the rest of them are just MX-5s with Ferrari V8s in them. Right, I totally agree with you there. But then how does the Ferrari Gypsy become any different? Because it's a coupe, and it has a very interesting body line, which is also quite nice, and it has a very nice color scheme. Speaking of... Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Yes, okay. There's very nice options on that. Like the tan leather with the very nice Ferrari red. Or a nice green, even. It, it's very much a Grand Tour. And, yeah. Oh, I just fell asleep. Ah. Okay. Yes. Grand Tour? 
Yes, Grand Tour. Okay. So what I would say about it is, if we're talking about interesting names for cars, aren't you excited for the new Ferrari, or not Ferrari, Ford Haddock? Oh, I do like the Puro signage. I do like the Puro signage. Okay, that's it's wrong with me because it is a V12. all about that v12 okay so the car has a v12 and it's a luxury suv if you look in the back seats of that it is a luxury suv explain that more to the listeners i don't know if they understand it fully and the, the brilliance of the pure signage it's very luxurious is there another way you'd like me to explain it i feel like nobody's gonna buy one except for the fact that or if it didn't have a v12 nobody would buy it well but it does I know, but it's not going to have one for much longer because Ferrari's going all electric at some point soon. Well, yes, but if Porsche figures out the eco-fuel... When Porsche have... figures out their eco-fuel, they will be the richest company house oh, in, in the, the world. world. No, it would be so huge if they could figure out eco fuel that does not take, uh, you know, tons of uh, earthly processes like fossil fuel does to actually get out. Like that would be gigantic. Yes. The auto industry but would never be the same. At the same time, there's a very real possibility. Yes. No, yes, that's. I, I... That they figure it out? Oh, yes, yes. Does that? I hope so. And if so, yeah, if they do, then, well, you don't need to modify your car to use it. There's nothing like that. They would be worth more than Tesla. Potentially putting Tesla out of a market. Well, the thing about Tesla, in my opinion, is it is going to fail at this point. It's not going to stay on top of it is the most valuable car company in the world right now, which is not sustainable, knowing how little, how few cars it sells. Well, no. The thing is, the main issue is I don't like Elon Musk. Yeah, I just don't that like too. I just don't like Tesla. So I, I don't really have any other issues. They're, they're a fine company otherwise. Ironically enough, they've alienated most of their clientele who believe in climate oh, change. Yes. Elon Musk not actually believing in climate change anymore. Oh, not only that, but last month, the price dropped. I know. Imagine buying one of them. and then Imagine buying it. Tesla stock and then not selling it in, say, May when I said to sell it. Did you actually? I said to sell it in May, which was close to its peak. Well, you see, you'd be very happy now that you didn't do that. Oh, boy, I'd be so happy if I sold it in May and then rebought it now. We're shorting Tesla stock. Hell, shorting Tesla stock in May with the rebuy contract for this year would have been the best move ever. Because it's lost three quarters of its value. Is this like the random stuff part? I think we're in the random stuff part now that we're talking about financial stuff. I see. Speaking of which, I watched a really good movie recently. Yes, don't you always? No, but this was a really good movie. Yes. You ever seen The Big Short? I've heard of it. It's so good. It's unbelievably good. 
I can't recommend it enough. It's that good. It's genuinely a must watch. I never watched part of it. Oh, wait, did you uh, guys have, did you guys have to watch that for your economics class? No, we don't have to watch. That's margin call that you're thinking of, but that's for macroeconomics, not micro. Mm. At least I think. Because I can't imagine the reason that we watch a movie about macroeconomics and microeconomics. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Quite. Quite, quite. Anyways. Shall we get back to the car stuff? Yes. So F1 powered uh, hypercars. Do you really think, look, I think the AMG one is already a failure. Yes. Actually, I love the body style of that car. I think it's cool, especially with the vents, but it's so late. And the Porsche's come back. I know. They're done with they're done with letting Mercedes have that. Exactly. So they built their 919. Mercedes can't catch a break. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, do I really mind it? First, they lost two championships, and now they're behind schedule on all of their production hypercars. I really don't mind it that much. Although, you know what? If Mercedes goes and loses some share price, I really hope they don't liquidate AMG engines because that's the end of Pagani at that point. Yes, quite. But you like, you hate Pagani. So that would be great for you. Very much. So don't you just love the new Pagani Utopia? (laughs) Actually, I like Utopia most or more than most of them. Oh, but Utopia is such a miss for me. I don't know. I don't like it. I don't know. I feel like okay, it really filled in the body lines that were on all the previous cars. I don't know, man. The Pagani Utopia is not my cup of tea. Pagani is like Koenigsegg. Most of them are Pagani is not like Koenigsegg. Pagani is Pagani is less special than Koenigsegg, but still really cool. It's like a smart child decided they wanted to design cars. But then did that. They're still a child. Is that what Koenigsegg is? Or Pagani? No, no, which brand is the smart child? Is that Koenigsegg or Pagani? I just said they're very similar. Oh, okay. That's what you meant by that. Okay. Look, the Pagani Utopia is not for me. Also, I feel like the reimagining of the Pagani Utopia, somebody redesigned it. It looks way better in the renders as something like redesigned than it is right now. Yeah. But the Utopia is much better than most of the Paganis. I hate most of the Pagani. I know you hate the Xonda for some reason, but I love the Hurrah. Yes, but... And you like the Quatrehua, so why don't you like the Hurrah? The what? The Tuatara. I, I don't love the Tuatara. I do love the Utopia, though. I, I love the windows on the Utopia. Like the roof windows. The yeah. roof, or whatever you call it. It has a very similar feel to the De, De Tomaso P72. 
Okay, do you want to hear what the top tier staff had to say about the Pagani Utopia? Go ahead. Uh, first one is, looks like a Huayra drawn by somebody with an unsteady hand. I can't help but feel it looks like an uglier Zonda. Huayra Kodalunga looks much better in my opinion. It's too busy at best. This is the first Pagani that hasn't made me immediately go, wow. Those are the pretty good comments. And then do you want to hear the bad comments? Nah, I'm good. All I can say is what happened here. That's nasty. Woeful AMG one wheels aren't the best fit as well. My biggest takeaway is actually its name. It's terrible. The Koenigsegg CC850. Or no, it says Koenigsegg CC850, this monstrosity. Couldn't agree more. And what a hideous looking thing. The Koenigsegg CC850 is like a vintage car. Kind of. No, look at it. It is a vintage-looking car. It looks so like it's from someone... 2008. That's not vintage. No, yes, but it looks like someone in the 1900s decided to, like, design, design a car. A car? Future. But that's the cool thing about Koenigseggs. Other than the new cars, anything past the Agera, everything is old. And that's what's cool about it. The Jumeirah is the best one. No, the Agera R is the best one. It's simply not. And speaking of Pagani Utopias, there's only one good spec on the thing. What? It's the uh, brown carbon fiber with gold trim. It's sort of like the Manny Koshbin spec. No, yes, but the Utopia also is that beautiful, beautiful. Well, everything about it is quite beautiful. Okay, but the Pagani Utopia is not even close to the De Somaso P72. Well, yes. Nothing will do. Oh, that's, on. that is a gorgeous car. Yes, it is quite good. And the blue P72 is might might just be one of the most beautiful cars ever made. I love the wait the light blue one. The light blue one. That one's quite nice. I also love the green one, the dark green with the gold stripes and gold wheels. With the, whoa, I just saw that one. That's gorgeous. It is very beautiful. It is what you want. It's the most beautiful color combination. Green, the British racing green. And yeah, with the gold striping. And if you look at the the instrument cluster, it looks so elegant. It's just incredible. Yeah. Seafoam green doesn't look bad on it either. Yeah, that one looks okay. I don't love it, but it's fine. Somebody else spec'd it to be navy with a white stripe. This kind of reminds me of, like, if the Pagani Utopia was a bit more rounded and lowered to the ground. This is what I wish Paganis looked like. This is the only thing that I would change if I was Horatio Pagani. I would make it. There's very many things I'd change if I was Pagani. If I was Pagani, I would keep the Huayra going because it's one of the best cars ever made. And then I'd make this as well. I personally would change the way they look. And then in addition to that, I would start manufacturing engines. Oh, they can't, that's too expensive for them. Well, I don't like them. You think they're just cheap? Well, they are. Oh, they're not that cheap? Well, no, they are quite cheap. The, well, I mean, the cars aren't, but the people are. The people aren't. The people who are buying a Pagani are not cheap. Well, no, not the people who are buying them, the people who are running the company. They need to put some money in and build an engine. Oh, my bad. I forgot they didn't have Koenigsegg money. 
Wait, they do need Koenigsegg money, or they should just go to Cosworth and ask for an engine. Why not AMG? I think AMG's perfectly fine. Well, no, yes, but... Well, yes, but... It's not an actual engine manufacturer. Well, they are an engine man- manufacturer, but they're like... They manufacture for themselves, mostly. Yeah. And the thing with Cosworth is Cosworth is just an engine manufacturer. So there's nothing yeah. more to doing with that. It's more respectable. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I guess. So I don't know really how to describe it. It's just more respectable. Having a Cosworth engine? Yeah, I guess I see that. It makes sense, but I don't know if I agree with it. You should agree with it. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm just straight up wrong. Yes. There's no no way you're not wrong. Well, then it's good to know that I'm wrong. Ah, uh, yes, you're quite wrong. Ah, uh, Anyways, shall we talk about some other interesting things happening in the world right now? Mm, if you'd like. United Airlines has bought 11 billion 787s. Okay. But... Why would they want them? They're Boeing. Because it's a good plan. What? But it's not. Well, it is a good plan. It's better than the A350. No, no. I'll take an Airbus. But you, you're telling me you'd rather have the A350 that falls apart in midair. Well, I mean, the 737 didn't do much better, did it? It fell out of midair. No, no, no. It didn't fall. It flew. Well, into the ground. But I've always said this. With a more skilled pilot, you could, in theory, not crash it. Because you would have just flicked the MCAS button. But at the same time, with this more skilled plane builder, you could also build a plane that's easier to fly. Conversely, you could also... Jesus, that voice crack. Anyways, conversely, if you were a better plane builder, Airbus, you know what you could do? What? You know what, Rashad? You could build a plane that maybe didn't break apart in midair and uh, dish out its own carbon fiber over the middle of the um, the oceans. Yes, but the thing is, if Boeing started doing that, they'd dish out carbon fiber over cities and people would just be falling or have have things fall on them. Yeah, but Boeing doesn't dish out its carbon fiber. Only Airbus gives it out for free. And the plane itself. Let me guess. People should be honored to have Airbus carbon fiber? Yes. Yes, they should. <laughs> Even if it's coming off with paint chips off the Qatar Airlines plane? Yes. And didn't Airbus refute that claim anyways? It wasn't refuted because it was a true claim. Airbus 22 claims that were not claims. States. Qatar 23 states that Airbus 22 delivered them a faulty aircraft. Okay, but if you look at this, in statistics, in statistics, that would be a cluster sample. Right. It'd be essentially, or or you could call it stratified, but I guess it's really clustered, because actually, all all of their Airbuses have that issue. What? Carbon fiber falling off? Yeah. Really? I didn't know that. Okay, so 
did stratif- that's stratified then by airline. Sure. Yeah. And it's some random planes. No, it's not random. It's very specific. Why is it only, it's happening, only happening to them? It's not only happening to them. It happened to Singapore Airlines as well. Why is it only happening in West Asia? Because possibly the climate. But Boeing's built a plane that stands up to that climate. So it doesn't matter that Airbus has a plane that is falling apart in a specific climate. They shouldn't have that happen. Boeing shouldn't be falling out of the sky either, but like here we go. It has stopped falling out of the sky, whereas Airbus hasn't stopped breaking apart. That's only because that one stopped going into the sky. No, it's still in the sky now, and it doesn't fall apart. Why are there a bunch of triple sevens sitting at Boeing? You mean seven eighty sevens? No, wasn't there a bunch of triple sevens there? No, the triple sevens are good to go. Okay, wait. What happened to them though? The triple sevens. They're being tested. They're not finished yet. The triple seven X. Already. It's not ready yet. Okay. Coming soon. To a studio near you, the triple seven X. Why would you want one of those though? Oh, I couldn't imagine a reason why you wouldn't want a triple seven X. No, you see, I wouldn't want a triple seven X because it's a Boeing. Right, of course. How could I forget? No, but really, I do love the triple seven X. As of, I mean, a couple of months or not a couple of years ago, they had planned. I mean, they had some really futuristic renders for first class. I see. And you're telling me you prefer to be on an A340 than that? What? Were these renders stacked? What do you mean stacked? Were the seats stacked upon each other? No, of course not. That's inhumane. That's like cattle. I mean, that's what some airlines are working on. You're telling me you like to sit on top of somebody else? Well, no, but that's what's going to happen. Eventually, maybe. Hopefully not. I don't want to live in that class, because that would be cattle class. Well, that is what's going to happen. Unless you want to stand. I would honestly buy a standing seat in the lounge over a sitting seat under somebody else. Yes, but would you pay a pound for a standing seat? Yeah, I'd pay for that. That, but would you pay for it if it was on a Ryanair flight, knowing full well you're gonna crash into every wall in that plane when they land? Well, I won't crash into every wall, I'll crash into 50% of the walls. That's what Ryanair, I'd that's the Ryanair guarantee. You'll only get hurt 50% of the time. I'd rather have a soft wall, such as one on an Airbus. Airbuses have notoriously very hard walls. Well, clearly not if they're falling apart. No, I mean interior walls. It's ironic because their interior walls are hard as bricks, and their exterior walls are made of glass. Okay, well then it doesn't really matter, does it? They just need to switch the the material strength. Personally, I don't see an issue. With planes falling apart? If the interior just falls off, then you just stick to the interior material. No, but it's going to depressurize. Well, I mean, just have better inside material. Honestly. I've got to be honest with you, Rashab. I don't think that's going to be FAA certified anymore. 
if they're just praying that their materials are good enough. Isn't that like how planes get certified? Praying that their materials are good enough? No, no, no. They have to have conclusive evidence that it won't break apart. And clearly Airbus lied because their conclusive evidence isn't so conclusive. Well, yeah, but you probably also have to tell them that it won't crash and kill people. Well, Boeing never said that explicitly. It was just implied. Well, yeah, but like, I'm sure the FAA wouldn't have allowed it if they said, oh, yes, we are going to do that. Well, to be fair, Boeing didn't know it was going to crash and burn either. Well, I mean, come on now. Oh, you're going to tell me that Boeing was like, actually, yeah, we're planning for these planes to crash. I mean, you have to take some sort of responsibility. They did take responsibility. They paid millions and millions of dollars out to families. Yeah, but then they shouldn't have had it happen anyways. They paid so much money in settlements and um, in not settlements. What's the other one as well? Like when you settle in court? I guess lawsuit payments. They paid yeah. so much in lawsuit payments and settlements that they're – I mean other than the fact that loved ones have died, there's really nothing more they could do. We, I feel like that's kind of a big deal, though. I agree with you, but they paid out beyond the required amounts due to their apologeticness. Yes. But they also did kill some people. Think about recent past times where people have had to pay out settlements. I'm thinking the Costa Concordia disaster, when the Costa Crozier had to pay out because of um, them actually killing people and injuring other people on the Concordia when it sunky sunk. I mean, how they... Many, or how much it each, was it per person? The settlement? Take a guess how much it was per person on the Costa Concordia. 80,000. Nope, less. 40,000. Less. 12,000. Seven. Minimum allowed after disaster at sea by Italian law. Okay. Which is allowed by U.S. law. Uh, it's more than that, but Boeing paid over. Wait, but you realize if they're taken to court, they have to pay whatever the court finds them for. No, it's whatever the person is suing for. Well, not necessarily. If they're the found guilty, can, the court can change the amount. The court can give you can award you less than you wanted. That's true, but can, I don't think they can award you more. Can they? They could if they wanted to. It's probably yeah. a bit weird. Like, I've never heard of a court awarding somebody more. Well, yeah, but the cases you read probably aren't those kind of cases. That would be a Mike Angelo case right there. No, that's a Saul Goodman case when you get more than you asked for. Yeah, exactly. Saul Goodman moment. Bro thinks he's Saul Goodman. Yeah, he's not Saul Goodman. That's a story for another day, though. Anyways, I think it's close to time to end. Would I be correct? I believe you are correct. I think, though, I mean, look, we didn't even get through half the topics, right, that we had on our list today. So what that says, we could go through and do another podcast this Sunday. I'm down. Right, let's do another one. Thank you, everybody, for listening. On that terrible disappointment, it is time to end. Thank you. Thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye.
have been listening to an Oh For Heaven's Sakes studio recording production. All rights reserved October 20th, 2020. Thank you.